Welcome to Jacksonville.Radio. We're a family of radio stations serving the Jacksonville and South Georgia areas. As a service to our community, we highlight organizations and events that help make this area the best place in the country to live. Thank you for listening to Our North Florida Neighborhood. Welcome to North Florida Neighborhood. I'm Colby. And North Florida Neighborhood, it's all about getting to know our neighbors and hearing what really cool stuff they're doing with us in Forest and our community. And today, the neighbor we get to chat with is Donna Fenchel. She's one of the founders of Villages of Hope. Donna, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Colby. I appreciate being here today. Yeah, what a privilege. And Donna, just as we kick it off, can you give me a rundown on what Villages of Hope is all about? Absolutely. The Villages of Hope is a program that we are putting together uh, for survivors of sex trafficking and those women recovering from addiction. Um, It's a two-year program that we will offer free housing um, for those women. So our vision really is that we want to make sure that there's a safe bed available for any woman who who wants a safe bed um, here in Jacksonville. When we started this program, there were less than nine in the city. Mm. Um, and to give you an idea, just from a sex trafficking standpoint, Florida is like number three in the nation for sex trafficking cases, and Jacksonville is right up there as number three in our state. So this is a problem that I always thought was somewhere else mm. until I really started digging in and found out, nope, this is, this is in my own neighborhood. And so... Before we go any further, Donna, can you give us an update on what exactly is sex trafficking? Sure. You know what? What's funny, Colby, is it's not what most people think it is. Yeah. Right? People have these. They watch television and yeah. they see all these glamorous things or, or horrific things that are going on. They see all these children being thrown in the back of vans, mm-hmm. and and um, and that that happens. But that's such a small percentage of the cases. For the most part, sex trafficking is happening on the internet. You know, with with mm-hmm. men who are are smart and devious, and or or women, business people who are figured out ways to attract twelve, thirteen, fourteen year old girls mm-hmm. uh, to get them to do what they want. Um, they can they they've studied uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs and and know how to actually wow. uh, manipulate um, and get those girls to to feel like they're the only one that knows them or cares about them. Um, it's it's really it's really horrific what they do and the, and the way the level of manipulation that occurs, which is why the the length of our program is so important because after somebody's been through that kind of trauma and manipulation, it takes a long time for them to heal. And do you find that there's a certain age that's targeted? Yeah. So the initial age is typically between 12 and 14. Oh my gosh. Uh, very young, and and so most of the women that that we are that are you know coming to us have been in the life. Some of them for years. Um, they started out at that 12, 13, and that's the only life that, that you know, they knew. So oftentimes they're in their, their late teens or early 20s, and, mm-hmm. and they're looking, they're, they're ready for another chance. They're ready for another chance at life. And this might be an ignorant question, but Donna, where are their parents in all of this? You know what? Their parents are sitting in the other room. Oh, my gosh. It's, you know... You you were in the sixth grade without a date, right? So <laughs> I remember being I remember being thirteen and traumatized by the kids at school. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, and somebody reached out and convinced me that that they should have, of where where the development just changes. Mm-hmm. Um, I taught fifth and sixth grade middle school uh, church, and the difference between the fifth grader when they came in and the sixth grader when they left was just remarkable. How much the child would change in that two year time frame. So such a uh, an age where, where things change. And so, Donna, at the beginning, you said like your hopes for this program, um, and you kind of expressed that. So, when is this going to be a full launch program? So we actually, so the program itself is a, a collaboration between three nonprofits. I'm going to give you a tiny bit of history. Um, Connections to Hope, which is my nonprofit, um, began researching sex trafficking and what we could do to make a difference in the Jacksonville space. Um, in that, in that. We um, partnered with Awakenings House. Awakenings House has a sober living program, so they offer uh, women housing um, in a sober environment. And the third ministry is Grace Ministries, and they actually have a street ministry and a prison ministry, so they minister to women um, in prison. So the three of us collaborated to develop this, this, um, this housing program, this two-year program. 
Now, we, we studied it. We actually went to Nashville, Tennessee, um, and visited with Thistle Farms. Thistle Farms has been doing this, uh, providing housing for over 21 years, and they, a remarkable organization, um, have a sisterhood organization, so they allow us to become a sister organization, and they basically open up their handbooks and their um, they check on us once a month. They provide any guidance we need, so they become our mentor, um, and so that's really been powerful for us. So in 2019, we actually did a pilot program um, in St. Augustine, and um, so we had four women through our pilot program, and we learned a tremendous amount. We also learned to partner with even other organizations um, to provide counseling and provide other services. And then the pandemic hit, <laughs> right? It took us all a big punch in the gut. Um, we we moved the pilot program from St. Augustine, took a pause on it um, while we looked for a permanent location and a, and a piece of property. Uh, we thought we had a 10-acre piece of property that uh, we were very close to to having a deal on um, right at the beginning of the pandemic. And as the pandemic got worse and worse, that deal kind of fell through. So we took a pause. And the beginning of this year, um, the three organizations got back together and said, you know what, we're going to be faithful to the small things Hmm. that God puts in front of us this year. Um, And so that's what we did. He gave us um, a little over an acre, acre and a half, not near the vision we had, right? But you know what? We said, this is what God's putting in front of us, and we're going to be faithful to it. So uh, we have that property, and we are developing tiny homes on the property. Um, And we will be ready to house women uh, early next year. Wow. Okay, so tell me about these tiny homes. So the tiny homes are, so the definition of a tiny home is anything under 400 square feet. Okay. Um, And just to give you an idea, that that creates all kinds of problems because... Hmm. From a regulatory standpoint, everything is designed to be over 800 square feet. So when you start getting into these small spaces, uh, you really need a lot of concessions. So, um, But they're tiny homes. They are going to be on wheels. Um, we'll take the wheels off and put them on platforms, but they'll have the ability to be, go back onto wheels. We hope, and this is, I'm going to like really put it out there and be, you know, speak my, my long-term vision because and, and, I know... God's been faithful to me in every step of this. Mm-hmm. So we would love to, in years to come, be able to actually give women an opportunity to purchase their tiny home. Oh, wow. So these are these are women that can't even rent an apartment in Jacksonville because of either their, they've got, you know, charges, um, you know, from their trafficking or they've got all kinds of other issues. And, and um, you know, 94% of the, the women during one survey – 94% of the women respondents who had been trafficked had criminal charges on their record because of the trafficking. And so you can't, you can't get a, hardly get a job, you can't get an apartment, you can't get anything. So we want to give these women an ability to actually own their own home. This is a space that belongs to them. And that's my ultimate, you know, five-year plan. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so we want to build the houses with that in mind. Um, we want to – the goal is to put the, the tiny homes in what we call neighborhoods. So we'll have clusters of them, um, and those little small clusters will be um, – allow them to have shared resources like uh, patios and, you know, fire pits and things like that as well to share. But the tiny homes will be complete with their own bathroom, their own little kitchenette, um, mm-hmm. And, and bedrooms. And you said, I mean, goal is to get everything kickstarted by the beginning of the year. And how do these women seek you out so they can get help and be a part of the program? So there's, there, unfortunately, there is there is no limit of women who um, need need these safe beds. Um, it, you know, one of the things that when I was doing my initial research in 2018 was that. I sat down with um, the Dolores Barweaver Policy Center, and she told me, um, the director there said, they had rescued 67 women off the streets, and more than half had to be taken out of the state because they didn't have a home to go back to. They didn't have, there was no safe bed in Jacksonville for them to to sleep in. Mm. So, I mean, the state attorney calls us. Um, we. The, there's other organizations um, 
the Policy Center, rethreaded. Um, there are lots of other organizations here in Jacksonville that are working in this space, and we try and partner with as many of those as we can because we know that together we can make a difference. Mm-hmm. If everybody's trying to stand, you know, and hold the flag and do it by themselves, it, we're, we're not going to make as near as much difference if we don't just come together and, and solve this problem. And you said so just that one instance, 67 girls were picked up, but do you have enough room? Well, so you know what? <laughs> it's like the little kid that, that was throwing starfish back in the yeah. ocean, right? Everybody knows that story. You know, I, yeah, I didn't save the thousand, but I saved that one that mm-hmm. I just picked up and threw back in. And so we will have up to 16 beds on this property. Okay. Our goal is, is you remember when I said earlier that we originally were looking at, at 10 acres. Um, that 10 acres, we could have housed 40, 40 houses. Mm-hmm. So I believe that, that God gave us this one acre so that we could get started and we didn't have to wait. And we could make a difference for that girl that's waiting sometime in the first of the year for a bed. Mm-hmm. And I also believe that he will give us the 10 acres or 20 acres later. Um, and we'll be able to move to that, that larger property and offer other services like an equine therapy program or, or, or other things like that. And again, I have the privilege of chatting with Donna Fenchel. She's one of the founders for Villages of Hope. And Donna, at the beginning, you said um, the program, it's going to be a two-year program. So what are you hoping to accomplish during those two years while the girls are with y'all? Sure. So the two-year program, as I said, is modeled after um, – the program at Thistle Farms in Nashville. But what we, we break that into three phases. Um, and we do say up to three years because some women will progress through the program faster. The first phase is a rest phase. And that truly is just an opportunity for them to have kind of no obligations for them to be able to, to rest, to rest their soul, their mind, their body, and just really kind of get a re-grip on themselves. And, and that can last, you know, three to six months. Um, that the next phase that we go through is our restoration phase, and that will last anywhere from a year um, to 18 months. And that's where we'll go in and, and work with, with um, other organizations for education services or a job training skills. Um, so we'll actually take the time, that period of time, for them to figure out what it is they want to do, right? So all of this is surrounded from day one to the day they leave with group therapy, individual counseling, um, addiction therapy or addiction uh, services, all of that. The last phase of our program we call the restoration phase. I'm sorry, the reconnection phase. And that reconnection phase is about um, reconnecting with society, right? What job interview skills? Where do I want to live? Um, how am I going to find a place and, and how do I get there? You know, how do I buy a car? So really helping them establish themselves into what their new life is going to be. And that phase, again, will, will be about a three- to six-month phase. So that takes them through the end of their two years. And, we, and then we have what we call the sisterhood for life. So um, we want women to know that they will always have a place with us, um, that they can always come home and um, – so, so that's our that's our our mission. Are you worried that I mean, two years is a huge commitment. Are you worried that maybe a girl will come in and and after five six months just kind of leave because she's not ready to to do anything else? What would happen yeah. in that circumstance? Um, you know, so it happens. Mm-hmm. It it happens all the time, and it, and the I had had somebody tell me I've had a lot of mentors and coaches through this and, and um, said a, a, a woman who's, who's being abused by her husband will go back to her husband seven times. She will leave and go back up to seven times, right? And we, we, we forgive that. Mm-hmm. And we want to have that same kind of unconditional love and forgiveness. So because that trauma bond between the survivor and their trafficker is, is huge and it's deep. And and they they will there there it happens, but but that turned mm, okay. And and with that, Donna, what is your end goal after getting these girls in the home? What do you want to see happen? Oh, um, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> I've been so heads down trying to just get mm-hmm. get our property up and running and and get our first resident back in. Um, broke my heart when we shut down the pilot. The um, you know I. I as I said, I see this expanding. I see, you know, we'll put our however many homes we can get on our one acres, and then we'll we'll start looking for the next mm-hmm. piece of property for a larger piece, or we'll 
you know, move out to do one in Orlando. I mean, I, mm-hmm. there's the, I, you know, God, God has been very careful because I'm kind of a go-getter and kind of a, you know, tend to get out in front of him. Um, and he's been very careful with this to only show me the next steps. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I laugh and say, I'm just trying to be faithful to what, <laughs> what he's put in front of me today. Um, so, you know, I, wherever he takes it is, is where mm-hmm. I'll go. And so, and so that's, that's with the physical housing in the property. But however, what would you want to see out of the girls' lives? Where do you want to see oh, them? Yeah, no, I, 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 you know, one of the women in our, our pilot program was restored with her family. Mm. Um, she came to visit and, you know, with her child. And, and it was just, it was, it brings tears to my eyes as I talk about it. Mm. It was just so good to see, right, her with her child and, and driving and, and you know, mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, you hate what's normal, right? A normal life, you hate yeah. to use those words, but, but a life where they can find joy and happiness and stability. Mm-hmm. And, and um, that's really our goal is, is, is uh, to care for them and, and give them mm-hmm. that, that leg up that they need to get back into society. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like just to really see a whole redemptive transformation. Yes. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Well, well, Donna, how can we avoid being put in these situations? What are some red flags um, of the sex trafficking industry that the movies aren't showing us? Well, you know, and so much of it's happening over the Internet, right? And and it's just really hard, right? We we hand our kids phones so they can stay in touch with us, right? And then you find out that there's these hidden apps that look like normal icons that are, you know, links to the dark web and and, – you know, so so talking to your kids about it, um, making sure they they know that you know never give out information on the internet of what school you go to or or um, where you live or names of friends. You just you cannot give out information. The other red flags to look for, right? Are you know suddenly a, a child has expensive gifts, um, something to be very very wary of. That's the kind of thing that a trafficker will do to help solidify a relationship. Um, secretive around, you know, internet usage and, and phone usage, um, you know, just changes in behavior. Um, those are all things that the parents need to look out for for their kids and get and talk to them. Just talk to them about what what's really happening out there. Um, we have a, actually a, two different programs I wanted to mention to you, if I could. Yes. One is is we would would are putting together tea parties. We call it a tea party in a box. And we would love to go and talk to small church groups, Girl Scout groups, any kind of group. Um, we dress up and have some tea, and then and we talk about this ugly subject, right? But um, we want to do it in a, in a non-threatening way so, so people really know what the reality is and how to protect themselves. Um, so we would love to, to do a tea party for anyone that is interested in doing a tea party, whether that's for two people in your home or, or 20 people in your, your small group. Um, you know, we would love to come in and do a tea party uh, for for anyone. The other thing I want to mention is that we have a fundraiser coming up on Saturday, which is our second annual gala. It is called the Lights of Hope, um, and the Lights of Hope is um, we get a chance to just talk about our program. We talk about um, the women that have been through our program and just share the vision and, and give people a chance to to learn more about us and, and just be part of, of our organization. So um, you can actually get tickets for that on Eventbrite. Um, it is um, just the Lights of Hope Gala, Saturday, November 13th. Um, and we would love to have people come out and uh, come with us and just have a night, fun night out. Um, good food and good music and lots of chance to shop. So, With that, Donna, how can we come support you as neighbors in the community? Wow. So visit our website, um, thevillagesofhope.org, and you'll obviously find links to all of our events there, but we also have a shop. So one of the things that we do is we do art classes and crafting classes. Um, We call it art therapy, but, you know, it's really just about giving women a chance to use their creative side, and and we do that today with um, the women in the sober houses and, and other women who are supporting us. And um, we sell those on our website to raise money uh, for our houses and um, for our programs in general. And what do you need the most? Like, do you need volunteers? 
you know, we do need volunteers, but, um, you know, as we build our tiny houses, we want to do it with volunteers. Mm -hmm. And so we're putting plans together. We've got our first one um, pretty well organized, but as we move into next year, we'd like to build them at a faster pace. So the first one, we're kind of learning what we're doing, and, and then we're putting together volunteer groups to do that. Um, but there's always opportunities for, you know, working on our, our meditation garden or planting, um, you know, some some um, fruit trees. And so there's yard work to be done. There's painting to be done. There's always work to be done um, that we need. So, And if we want to sign up and volunteer, how can we go about that? Absolutely. Back to our website, um, thevillageofthehope.org. There is a place that you can put your contact information and talk to us about uh, what you would like for a vol- to do from a volunteer perspective. And then we will reach out and um, slot you into the right space, right, whether that's you want to be physical and do physical labor or if you want to, you know, be a resource as we get our, our programming together next year and be part of our education. Um, you know, if you want to teach a class on how to balance a checkbook. Mm. You know, most of these women have never had a checking account. So um, we've got lots of opportunities for different skills um, to be taught. Um, okay. And, and then so, Donna, with that, as you study, move forward to what's next, what are you working on right now? What's the next goal? Um, our next goal is to finish our first tiny house. Um, the other next goal is our big goal is to uh, we're working with various real estate folks to help us, you know, finalize our plans on the property, get our engineering plans together. Um, so we, we been faithful to getting the tiny house built. Now we need to actually have mm-hmm. um, all of the requirements to actually get people to live in it. So um, our next goal is to actually be ready to have that um, ready for a woman to live in. We do have a community center on the property that we are about 80% done with. So that's where we'll have group meals, uh, meetings. We'll have a counseling office as well as our resident manager will live in there. And um, so that that home is almost ready and so our, that's what we're working on today. So if you ask me what I'm doing this <laughs> afternoon, I'm actually uh, sanding and priming the, the new drywall in the back bedroom. So it's, it's, it's very <laughs> real and very tangible um, what we do each day. Well, a lot happening, a lot to look forward to, a lot to be a part of. Um, Donna, one more time, give me the best form of contact so we can get involved. It is definitely our website, uh, thevillagesofhope.org. Okay. Well, Donna, thank you so much for all you do and for being such a great neighbor in our neighborhood. Colby, thank you for letting me have a chance to talk Mm -hmm. about it. I appreciate what you do as well. Thank you for listening to Our North Florida Neighborhood. Listen again next week. And if you have an event or organization you'd like highlighted, please contact Colby King at Colby, C-O-L-B-I, at Jacksonville.radio.
Hi, I'm Annabelle, here to welcome you to Annabelle's of Orange Park, your holiday winter fantasy land. For me, the holidays are simply described as loving memories of my youth, created by family, friends, and the stores of the past that gave us beautiful Christmas wonderlands that led to a visit with Santa. Annabelle's may not have Santa, but it is, in so many ways, that very special place where your dreams of today become tomorrow's special memories. Create those memories at Annabelle's of Orange Park. Open Tuesday through Saturday, 10 to 5. Panera believes in saying yes. Yes to clean, fresh ingredients. Yes to the new chicken sausage and pepperoni flatbread topped with rich mozzarella. Yes to delicious mac and cheese. Yes to putting it on a sandwich, creating the grilled mac and cheese sandwich. And yes to impromptu road trips to Sandwich, Illinois. Because that's living life to the flavor fullest. Get $1 delivery when you order on our app. Panera, live your yes. Pricing and product availability may vary. Visit PaneraBread.com. There's confusion about how to protect yourself from COVID. One thing is certain, whether or not you're vaccinated, you need an accurate thermometer to check for fever, the leading sign of flu and COVID. Be vigilant and contact your medical provider at the first sign of fever. Don't rely on non-contact thermometers that have little or no scientific studies. Only the Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate in more than 100 clinical studies. Learn more at exergen.com. When others treat your fries as an afterthought, all you're left with are cold, soggy fries. That's why Wendy's new fries are ones you won't forget, guaranteed to be hot and crispy, or we'll replace them. We're talking natural cut, skin-on fries, perfectly seasoned with a hint of sea salt. In fact, they're even preferred almost two to one over McDonald's. These are fries so hot and crispy, they beg a new question. What would you like with your fries? Trying them today, only at Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's, taste preference based on a national taste test by an independent research company. Happy holidays don't just happen on their own. You make them happen with a little help from new appliances at the Home Depot. Because warm wishes won't roast that turkey. You'll want a new convection oven for that. An air fryer will help make the season light and delicious. And while you're at it, consider a new LG or Samsung fridge that's big enough to hold all kinds of Christmas cheer. Make the holidays yours with the season's best savings on top appliances at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Hey folks, Dave Benyon here with Zero Res. Can you believe it's November already? I don't know about you, but I have a bunch of things to do to get ready for the holidays. Don't forget to get Zero Res on your schedule early. We can come out and clean your house and make it look great. Carpet, tile and grout, airy rugs, that favorite sofa, and easy chair, even the air ducts. At Zero Res, we clean it all. At Zero Res, we use our patented ZR water that cleans beautifully without leaving any dirt attracting residue behind. Thus the name, Zero Res. Right now, Zero Res is offering an early bird special. Book today and Zero Res will clean your carpets for only $49 a room. Plus, we'll give you 25% off your tile and grout cleaning. That's a huge saving on both carpet and tile cleaning. Don't wait or it'll be too late. Call Zero Res. Zero Res spelled forward or backwards. It's the right way to clean. Welcome to Jacksonville.Radio. We're a family of radio stations serving the Jacksonville and South Georgia areas. As a service to our community, we highlight organizations and events that help make this area the best place in the country to live. Thank you for listening to Our North Florida Neighborhood. Welcome to North Florida Neighborhood. I'm Colby. And North Florida Neighborhood, it's all about getting to know our neighbors and hearing what really cool stuff they're doing with us and for us in our community. And today, the neighbor we get to chat with is Reggie Fullwood. He's the Chief Operating Officer for Operation New Hope. Reggie, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. This is a, it's always an honor and, and privilege to um, talk to community-based radio stations yeah. and folks who care about our mission. So thank you. So give me a rundown. What is Operation New Hope? What's your mission? So our, our mission is to help people, returning citizens, um, really get back on mm-hmm. their feet and, you know, re- rebuilding lives, um, you know, renewing hope uh, is very much a, a mission that um, I'm excited every day to come in our building. Our founder, Kevin Gay, our founder and CEO, Kevin Gay, uh, has been doing this work for about 15 years. We've been 
our, as an organization, we've been around for about 22 years, and we sort of backed into reentry. We started off as a community development corporation, building houses, affordable housing in Springfield and Eastside, and really focusing on that. Then we started hiring people out of the local jails who just needed an opportunity for work. And from that, it's, it grew into now a, kind of a nationally recognized reentry program. So, you know, we help anybody who's been affected by the justice system. Um, with everything from housing to um, transportation to job training, r- workforce development training, and then and ultimately job placement. Mm. So our you know our goal is you know poverty is one of the number one indicators of crime and recidivism. So mm. our our goal is to get people out of poverty and really help them you know get jobs that will pay a living wage so that they can rebound and really take care of their families. So you guys, wow! Thank you, Reggie. Seriously for everything you do this is incredible and we're gonna start to unpack it you guys help people that were in jail get a quality life how do you even start that that's a huge task yeah so it's 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 interesting so we we really reach out to people in a a few different ways one Mm -hmm. we have a pre-release uh team uh, we call it, we call it, I can't talk today, call it Ready for Success. And our Ready for Success team goes into about 20 or so different prisons. Uh, and we recruit people. And, and our basic spill is, hey, you're getting out of prison. You're coming back to northeast Florida. We can help you. If you need help mm-hmm. with housing, uh, just help transitioning back. Come to us. Let us provide free assistance to wow. you. You know, some of the key components of our program is drug-free. You have to be committed to being drug-free. Uh, our program is a one-year program. You're in our classroom for anywhere between two and four weeks of training on site, and it's really soft skills. Um, it's everything from stress management to coping with change to mock interviews um, and, and a number of other courses. So you're in our building training, and then we – we're connected to you for a full year. You get a case manager, a mental health therapist, and a job coach that really wow. tracks you and helps you uh, get back on your feet for a full year. And so we start the process typically in the prisons uh, or local jails and, and recruiting folks to come and allow us to help them. And then, you know, some of our folks, that's maybe 50% of our folks, um, come directly from prison or jail, the other 50% are people who've been affected by the justice system. Let's say you had an arrest five or six years ago, and you've been sort of struggling, it's still on your record, and um, you've been sort of struggling trying to figure out life, and you heard about the program, and you come and you want to get the additional training, and a lot of people need sort of upskilling. Um, so say you've been working at fast food for the last few years, but you know, you want a better job, you want a mm-hmm. career. Some folks come to us and we give them training and help them get placed at better careers than they've been in. So really, you know, we approach it from different angles. We help people who are transitioning or returning citizens or anyone who's been affected by the justice system, and that's become a barrier in their life to their success. So, Reggie, walk me through, I get out of prison and I want to change my life and I come to Operation New Hope. What's that process? So you essentially, we like to do personal interviews with all of our candidates. We do have an online uh, application uh, that you'll see if you ever go to OperationNewHope.org. Um, but we like to do in-person interviews. So you come in the door, you say, hey, I'm interested in the program. One of our intake specialists will will uh, set up an interview with you. And typically, it's the day you walk in. Uh, we'll interview you, uh, look at your charges, um, and figure, you know, talk to you about you know, your commitment. Are you really ready for change? Because the reality is our success rate as far as graduations go is about 80%, 80 to 85%. Whoa. That means, though, that 15% of the folks who come in the program aren't really ready for change. And that could mean uh, they're not ready to be sober or drug-free, so they fail a drug test. Or they get distracted or, um, or you know, drop out of the program for whatever reason. So, you know, our, while our recidivism rate is really low, we're about a third of what the state's recidivism rate, the state's rate is about 20, almost 26% of people that get out of a state prison will go back within a, within a three-year period. Ours is about 8%. Um, so we've seen some success. 
But again, we also know that not everybody is ready for that second chance. Some people have to fall two, three, four, five times, and then they then they're ready. And and, and that's just the reality. And we're we're fine with that. Uh, we'll never be at a hundred percent graduation or a hundred percent completion or you know zero recidivism. Uh, but our goal is to get those numbers it, it, to be the, the best they can be. Um, so that, that's essentially walking the door. You do an interview. We look at your 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 past, your charges. Talk about what your needs are. We start a new group of uh, cohort starts every Monday. So every Monday we start. Recently, has been anywhere between 13 to 15, 16 people, and every Friday is a graduation, um, wow. and so it's 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 awesome. So we we're starting a new group every week, and we're graduating a different group every week. So uh, our classroom experience is transformative. Uh, people who even start off pretty skeptical about what we do um, by graduation date they're new people um, again being in a classroom with a group of peers and, and learning uh, more about yourself uh, we have a mental health component that's really critical we do some group um, therapy sessions and then uh, everyone is eligible for individual counseling sessions we feel like the mental health component of what we do is just as important as the job placement uh, we've seen time and time again people who have uh, gotten out of prison and just started working immediately weren't successful because, you know, they weren't mentally ready to start an occupation or mentally ready to be in a warehouse or construction site or wherever. And so coming to a program like ours gives them a transitional period of a few weeks to really reacclimate themselves back to society. Um, and, and, you know, we also have a component where we do provide weekly stipends to, to help cover some of their costs while they're in the classroom. Uh, so, you know, we feel like our, our our secret sauce on why we've been successful is really our wraparound services. And so we, you know, we're, we're honored to help, you know, people. We've helped almost 9,000 people over the last, you know, 15 years or so, uh, whether they're in prison or out of prison. And so, you know, we want to continue to grow and help help as many people as possible. One of the things you said, Reggie, is sometimes these these people come in and they're skeptical. How do you begin to chip away at that skepticism? You know, it's a, it's a really um, – it's a slow process. So when, when people, if you think about this, anyone who's been in prison I don't or jail, I don't care if it's one night or 10 years or 20 years, there's some, there's some post-traumatic stress related mm. to that. Just being behind bars and being incarcerated or being, feeling like you're in a threatened, a threatened position. So it takes a little bit of time. So we've been doing this long enough to know that, you know, you build trust. You don't build trust on day one. You build mm -hmm. trust over the course of, you know, numerous days and weeks. And so we're just very slow and deliberate about how we manage our class, how we interact. We want everyone that comes in our program to feel at home. Uh, our staff, are, we have an amazing staff, our case managers, our job coaches, instructors, uh, therapists. Um, everyone is amazing, and we treat our clients with respect and dignity. And that's really important. So people come in the door, you know, we provide, you know, everything from coffee and snacks mm -hmm. in the morning to we provide lunch. Uh, and then, you know, it's, it, we treat people with respect and dignity, and that goes a long way to breaking down those walls. And, you know, after a few days, and they see this isn't a gimmick. You know, we're really here to help, and my, my case manager actually cares, and they're asking me some relevant questions, and they care about my kids and, 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 and my well-being. And so slowly those walls start to break down, and, and the trust is built. And so you said it's a year-long program. So what if you get out of jail and you don't have anywhere to go and no income? When they come to you, do you provide a place for them to live? Yes. So housing is, you know, one of our number one benefits is housing. So mm -hmm. on day one, we pick people up from the Greyhound bus station all the time Dang. who just got out of prison or people, have, you know, in some yeah. cases have, have walked from the Duval County Jail um, to our office. So we have about 40 partners, uh, partnering organizations. Some of them are not-for-profit. Some of them are sober living houses. Some of them are individuals who rent rooms. So we have a network of housing providers, and we get folks housing on uh, day one. We don't want anyone to be out on the streets. If you're accepted into the program, we make sure that you either we take you to your, your housing location or the vendor or housing partner comes and picks you up. So we get folks housing day one because, you know, for us, we know that 
you have to have a, a stable place to lay your head in order to fo- even focus on being in our classroom to focus on your job and, and rebuilding your life. You know, if we can cover, you know, transportation, housing, clothing, food, if we can get those basic needs covered, we know that then our clients can focus on kind of their long-term success. And you said sometimes they'll walk to where y'all are. Where are you located, Reggie? So we're at 1830 North Main Street. We're uh, right north of downtown in Springfield, um, at almost at the corner of 8th and Main. So we're in a historic Clutho building uh, that we love to death. We're, we're um, if anyone has been to Strings, we're between Strings and um, the church on the corner of 8th and Main. So a great location. Uh, We're on the bus route, so it's fairly easy to get to us. Being kind of centralized is really important uh, for the services that we provide. Well, again, I have the privilege of chatting with Reggie Fullwood. He's the chief operating officer for Operation New Hope. And Reggie, Operation New Hope has been around for about 22 years. How did it get kickstarted? You know, it's funny. I wish Kevin was here. He tells the story better than me. But <laughs> Kevin Gay was on the board of uh, Habitat for Humanity, or Habitat's here. And that was one of his first introductions to sort of community development work. And uh, he was working as a successful insurance professional uh, and decided to take a sabbatical because he was so interested in this community development work and you know, housing, affordable housing, and rebuilding Springfield, rebuilding East Jacksonville. Uh, over by the stadium, and so he took a sabbatical uh, from work, started this not-for-profit called Operation New Hope, and quickly realized that the work was, like, really intense and serious and just never went back to insurance (laughs) and just focused on, um, you know, this community development work. So that's how it started back in 99. and, you know, we've just kind of grown since then. We've had um, partnerships and offices in Tallahassee. We have a great partnership in Tampa. And one of the things that I'm really excited about is that we're looking at opening our, our second major office. Um, we have an office in St. Augustine, but uh, our second major training center slash office in Orlando, um, you know, in early 2022. So, you know, Kevin is, he planted the seeds and things are really growing and, and developing well. Well, these these folks, they're coming out of jail and now, like you said, off air, I mean, they're really getting a second chance. So what kind of careers and passions do you see that starting to flourish in them a lot of times? You know, it, it varies. So we have, um, you know, help, helping as many people as we have over the years. Um, we've had folks that uh, have really gotten into almost every industry you can think of. But I will say the the industry right now that's probably most popular with us and our clients is warehouse and logistics because um, the need is so great. And the jobs, the, the you know, the average wages are, are, are pretty decent um, in warehouse and logistics. So our goal is to try to get our clients the highest wage possible. And so, uh, and then we have some clients, we have a, a number of clients who become entrepreneurs. Um, oh, they, they become chefs or, um, you know, landscape companies or construction companies or janitorial companies. Um, we, we've even had folks who started um, HVAC companies. They've got, they got their HVAC license. When they got out, we helped place them at a company. And then a few years later, they said, hey, wow, I'm going to start my own company. Plumbers, HVAC, construction Mm -hmm. trades have been very popular. Um, And we've had folks who have been in the medical profession who got into some trouble and may have lost a nursing license or whatever. And they figured out ways to, you know, appeal and get back into the fields that they're passionate about. So for us, you know, we try to help guide uh, our clients to to look at career opportunities versus just the job. And do you feel like um, a lot of times they come out and you are in a position to kind of reinstill that faith in humanity in them, I guess you would even say? Yeah, I mean, one of the things we say that um, we're we're not a faith-based organization, but Mm -hmm. we're definitely faith-inspired. And Mm -hmm. we look, we have some great partnerships with area churches. So we realize that faith is is a key component of what we do. Um, I I jokingly tell uh, our clients, I say, hey, we're not a bunch of do-gooders trying to help you lowly people. (laughs) You know, most of us in the organization have been through something too, including myself, who, you know, who had to go through some legal issues and, Mm -hmm. you know, some public embarrassment and and landed here. And, um, 
you know, our the mission is a perfect fit for me. And so, you know, one of the things we we really talk about is the importance of faith and and really having a support network. Mm. And our churches, our, our faith-based organizations, are a critical um, safety net support base for our clients. So when we talk about reinstilling that dignity, uh, mm. anybody who's been through legal issues or you know any sort of public embarrassment or any of that you know you're a little gun shy on you know being out and being in public and and you're there's some embarrassment related to that and we just try to deal with it directly even from like how you interview and 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 taking ownership and in your mistakes Mm. and so it's it's a powerful you know, it's a powerful experience that, you know, we take people through in our classroom to talk, to, to give them the the pride and dignity to talk about, yeah, you know what, I made a mistake, but, you know, I'm a better person from it, and I've learned so much from from those mistakes, and I'm ready to, to work, and I'm ready to be a positive contributing member to our society. And so it's, you know... A part, a key part of what we do is that that mental rebuilding, mm-hmm. you know, that emotional rebuilding. It's, it's critical. That spiritual rebuilding. And as you're putting them with different organizations and companies, do you feel like sometimes like you really have to stick your neck out for them because you really believe in them, but sometimes like the owner of a company might not? What's the response been from yeah. owners? I think you know. Again, Kevin could probably tell you some horror stories about, you know, 15 years ago trying to get companies to hire uh, people with felony backgrounds. Now it's it's a little different. The the, Mm -hmm. current labor shortage has created a situation where companies are now more open Mm. uh, to second chance hiring. And we've had some, we've had, had some trailblazing companies like, you know, the warehouse industry, companies like Parliament and Grimes and others who've been at the forefront of hiring our folks. But then we've also had people like Vistar go out of their way to do second chance hiring. They made ready for uh, Operation New Hope and um, a couple other not-for-profits sort of, you know, they started a program specifically for second chance hiring, which was unheard of in banking and insurance industries. We've been working with Florida Blue for a while on some second chance hiring opportunities as well. So there are some companies out there who have made it their business, their leaders have said, you know what, it's important that mm-hmm. we give people second chances and have gone out of their way. So it's, the conversation is much easier today than it was 10, mm-hmm. hell, 5, 10, 15 years ago. And so we, we've seen a lot of progress. And so it's it's not so much of having to sell our clients. Once we explain to employers the process they go through and how we, we vet and match clients to employers, yeah, most – I guarantee you 90, 95% of the people we talk to are like, wow, where can I sign me up? I want to start hiring your folks. So so it's a lot easier today than it was Mm -hmm. when we first started. And at the end of the day, Reggie, what do you want people to walk away with after coming to Operation New Hope? You know, I think for us, it's, it's, it's what you mentioned before. It's that belief in self, that Mm. dignity, like, you know, Oftentimes, folks make mistakes, and you get this scarlet letter, and, and it carries yeah. you for the rest of your life. And you know, we want to instill in our clients that um, they can they can return back to a normal life and be better and come back stronger. Um, you know, you can come back stronger from mistakes, mm. and you know, sometimes those mistakes or setbacks are setups for something greater. Uh, and so that's the, the the number one thing we want our, our clients to know that they can believe in themselves and that they have the power to to do greater and be greater. I mean, we have some awesome success stories. I give you one of our board members started our program. She was one of our greatest success stories. We we got our co- a job at a company, and she's been there for like 12 years. Mm-hmm. When she came to our program, she didn't have custody of her kids. Dang. We worked with her to get visiting rights, and then she got custody of her kids. Both her, of her kids are graduates of University of North Florida. I think one of them has an engineering degree from UNF, mm-hmm. and she's been an amazing story. And, again, we she's on our board of directors, mm-hmm. and she's our biggest um, – testimony because of the power of second chances she was able to not only come back stronger but just really instill the values in her children to help them be successful Mm. long term 
And so that's the, those types of stories and testimonies are, are what drive me. Mm-hmm. I, I'll tell you this. I knew I was at the right place when the first week I got here, I went to a graduation on Friday. And to hear some of the stories of people who are just thankful for the opportunity to be here and, and to, you know, just to reestablish mm-hmm. their lives was just so powerful. So, you know, we, we welcome anyone to come and take a tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, just go to operationnewhope.org uh, or call, email us. We, we want to, you know, we appreciate any support from the community. Um, and anyone who's interested or knows someone who's interested in our program, let us know. So you said you, you welcome support. What do you need from us, Reggie? You know, really, it's, you know, we, we have some great partners. Um, anything from toiletries for, um, you know, toothbrushes, deodorant, toiletries for, for people who are getting out. Uh, we do have a partnership with Goodwill. We do take clothing donations. Um, uh, oftentimes, we we send our folks to Goodwill for clothing. But really, uh, any financial support is is awesome. That anyone who wants to give to the organization, um, you know, again, you can go to our website. But really, just getting the you know, what's more important to us is sort of getting the word out. You know, we're blessed to have funding from the state and city. Um, so we have some decent funding. We always need more, but um, really getting the word out because you would think with the services we provide, we would have a line around the corner, yeah. but a lot of people still don't know um, that we're here as a resource for them and their families. So if you know anybody, friends, family, neighbor who um, who's had any run-in with the justice system and, and really needs some help reestablishing themselves, just send them our way. And tell me again where you guys are located. We're at the corner of 8th and Main uh, in Spring, historic Springfield, uh, nor, in nor, north of uh, downtown, 1830 North Main Street. And anyone can call us at 904-354-4673 or visit our website, operationnewhope.org. Okay. Well, Reggie, also one last thing. Do you have any upcoming events we can look forward to to help support y'all? Yeah, we just finished our um, a golf tournament last couple. Yeah, last week. Uh, that was amazing. And we appreciate all the sponsors for that. We'll, uh, if folks will check our website, we do what uh, we do have some events um, called Second Chance Showcases, where people can come, hear more about our company, take a tour, mm-hmm. etc. And so that schedule is on our website. And then we'll have in the spring, we're working on maybe a big event for the spring. Um, so we're we're kind of in a planning process now for 2022. So there'll be some exciting stuff coming uh, in the upcoming year. Okay. Well, Reggie, thank you so much for all you do and for being such a great neighbor in our neighborhood. Well, thank you for the opportunity, Kobe. Thank you for listening to Our North Florida Neighborhood. Listen again next week. And if you have an event or organization you'd like highlighted, please contact Colby King at Colby, C-O-L-B-I, at jacksonville.radio.